0: Welcome to the Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of the Determined Mom Show. I have the amazing Jamie Van Kuyk here, and she is the owner of Growing Your Team. And her official title is Lead Hiring Strategist.
1: So, welcome, Jamie. Hello. Uh, Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. You were on the Business Bomb Summit last year and you provided a ton of value for us. So I was very excited to see you interested in being a guest. So tell us about your business.
1: Yes. So at Growing Your Team, we work with small business owners to help them learn how to navigate the hiring process so they can avoid the hiring and firing cycle and get the right people on their teams. We work with everything from the solopreneur who's looking to expand to either having their first employee or first long-term contractor that they'll be working with really frequently, or all the way up to businesses that average about 15 employees, but are realizing that they. They're still not great at the hiring game. They're still getting a lot of poor team members or they're just feeling like things can go better with hiring. So we help them figure out where to make changes, how to improve things. And then also with some of our clients, we provide full service recruiting. So we take all the hiring work off their plate.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Because of the pandemic, I have a million questions that just came to mind, (laughs) Um, but do you focus on virtual hiring or do you focus on like actual, like physical locations or what is that um, strategy there?
1: Yeah. So we work with businesses that are both 100% virtual and businesses that do have physical locations. Now, when we do our full service recruiting, we're doing all of that in a virtual environment. But we still do work with people for that last round of interviews where they are meeting with the business. They are going in person, but everything we do is in a virtual environment. And we find that with with hiring for a lot of these positions, it doesn't matter whether the position is going to be 100% virtual or it's going to be in person. We're still going through the exact same process, following the exact same steps to help them identify who is the right avatar for the person that they need to hire and then how to find that person during the hiring process, no matter what their hiring process is going to look like.
0: Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Very cool. Let's talk about our topic of the day, which is how to release and control or how to release control and overcome your delegation fears. So this is a huge one for business owners because Hiring is such a, it is like an emotional process. If you're the business owner, you know, like you don't want to make a mistake. It's your baby. Who are you going to have in, you know, invite into your business to help you run it? Like it's scary,
1: right? No, it definitely is very scary. And you hit on so many points, like as business owners, it's your baby. You've built this business from the grounds up And now you have to trust someone else and that, that trust is a big deal. And we don't realize until like we're in this with our own business, how hard it is to trust someone to do what we've always been doing. Because if you come from a corporate world or you've ever hired someone else, like in when you're working for someone else, you're like, okay, I'm just giving off tasks. Someone else is doing it. Someone's taking it off my plate. And you feel like hiring is a relief. Mm -hmm. Someone else is coming in to help you with your work. But then when it's your own business, you're like, wait, someone's going to actually be doing this. I'm not going to be doing it. Are they going to do it right? Are they going to care about the same level that I am? And like all these thoughts go through your minds because you're giving someone a part of your business. And it is that, that emotional connection to it. And it's, it's a challenge and it prevents a lot of people from getting the support they need because they let that be a stopper for them.
0: Yeah. And if you think about it from like, Every business has to start somewhere, right? So, that corporation that you're working for, that you were working for at some point before you started your business, that business owner had to make decisions to hire in order to get to the point that they're at today, because there's no way that they could be doing all of the things that they have all of you doing, you know, in order to grow. Right.
1: Exactly. Like, they can't do it all. And if you want to keep doing, everything within your business and you want to expand what you're doing. The only way to do that is to increase the capacity within your business, which means you have to hire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It just makes sense, but it's also like definitely very emotional and very fear. I don't know, fear inducing, I guess that would be the the word. So what can we do as a business owner to kind of like, release that fear and release that need to control
1: everything. And so the first thing to do is kind of change your mindset about it. So we have that fear and sometimes that fear and that hesitation comes from, we think that we have this negative thought process around asking for help. We kind of view it as I have to ask for help because I can't do it anymore and especially like i know for for me as as a woman and i most know other women will feel the same it's it's almost like we're sometimes ashamed to say i can't do it i need help
0: yeah. but
1: i'd say the first thing you need to do is flip that mindset and celebrate the fact that you've grown your business to the point where you can't do it anymore it is a positive thing you're not asking for help because you're not capable you're asking for help because you have done the right things to grow it outside your capacity. So that's the first thing is think of hiring as a positive thing, not as I can't do it anymore. It should be a cheer. I can't do it anymore. This is exciting. Like I can't do it. I need to bring in help and just have that be your first thing. Flip the mindset of it's okay to ask for help. It's okay for you not to be able to do everything yourself anymore.
0: Yeah. Ooh, I love that. I absolutely love that. It is a victory and it's often one that is kind of celebrated in a, in a way, like if outsiders are looking in, they're celebrating it, but then you're kind of like, oh, is it a good thing? Like, it's just that, I think it's that point of growth where you're like, okay, it's, it's a shift. I think it's like a, it's a definite shift and a very, very pivotal point in your business, so.
1: Yes, yes, it definitely is. And if you think of a lot of the first hires, like sometimes people are really good about hiring for the things that they're like, they're able to admit, this is not my area of strength. I can't do it. I need to hire someone else because I'm holding it, my business back by trying to do this or I'm screwing things up because I'm trying to do it. But the other type of hire that is are the first hire it's because we're running out of time. So there's things that we used to do really well in our business that we're no longer doing well because we don't have the time. They're getting pushed down to the to- to-do list. So it's like we already kind of have like sometimes those negative things of I'm not getting to it. I can't do it like I was before. So so yes, like, once again, we have to get out of that negativity to say like, it's a bad thing because you can't do it. And once again, celebrate that you can't do it Mm -hmm. and you're going to get help because it's the right thing to do for yourself and for your business. I love that. Oh my goodness. That's awesome.
0: One other thing that I have a question about, and I'm sure other business owners have this question. It took me, let's see, like, four VAs. Like I had to go through four virtual assistants until I found Kat. And the only reason that I found Kat is because I hired her through an agency, much like your your agency where they kind of went through and figured out what I need and then did all the interviewing process. So what can we do as business owners to kind of make sure we're making the right hires?
1: Yes. So the first thing is to become very clear on what it is that you need. What I see a lot of times is especially when they're going to someone's going to go hire a VA. VA is the broadest title there is I think in the in the world of business. They're like I need help, I need an assistance and they just start looking for people. And it's like hold on what type of an assistant do you need? What are they going to do for your business? What does success look like? How do you want to interact with this person? It's like, once you figure out all that stuff, it helps you narrow down who it is that you should be looking for. Because one of the things I always say is just because someone's great at what they do does not mean they're right for you. Those first VAs that you hired could be amazing but if they're not right for you, it doesn't matter how amazing they are. And it could even be one of those things that maybe you're like sitting there and say, well, they weren't great. Like they, they were great when they screwed up and stuff like, but it could be that they weren't great because you were having them do stuff outside of their area of expertise. Mm -hmm. So if you had them doing something else or in a, like in some different role or different interaction, they could have been amazing for you. The first thing is become very clear on the position you're hiring for and more than just a title, more than just also, okay, they're going to do X, Y, Z tasks. Well, what does it mean to be successful? What does it mean to uh, be, to fit into your, your expanded team? How do you want to communicate with them? Really becoming clear on this whole avatar of this team member. So that way you can find the right person. And it sounds like once you started working with that agency, that they kind of brought you through that. They helped you figure out who it is that you need to hire, and then they helped you find that person. So instead of just saying, here's a body that goes with this title, it's no, here is the person who fits what you need and what you want.
0: Yeah. And they even went as far as like values and, you know, all of those things. And I think that's an amazing way to do it as well, because you know that that person, it's easier to work with someone, in my opinion, that you know has the same values and has the same. It, it's just ease. It just kind of sets your mind at ease and and that kind of thing. So I think that's an yes. important part of it. But you hit on something that I had not really considered as much before, but I realized that that is what makes all of the difference with Kat. And she's going to be the one that's editing this podcast and posting it. So hi, Kat. Um, but uh I want to say that how you communicate is really, really critical. And before I would be like communicating with them through like Facebook Messenger and having no really detailed communication plan. But I think that communication plan is what has made the difference.
1: Yes, it really can be, especially at the beginning. Like we were talking about trust. Like, how do you trust someone? How do you allow yourself to delegate? you have to feel comfortable. You have to know that they are doing what you need done. And a lot of times that comes through communication. There's sometimes you're going to have team members come in and they're going to do a task where you give them a task and they can immediately finish it and it's done. But then there's other tasks where the work takes time and the work takes multiple touch points. So if you think about podcast editing and stuff like that, Well, editing takes time. And then if they're writing the show notes, that takes time. And then if they're posting it, that takes time. So that entire process to get one episode done might not be, they sit down, they do it, it's done the next day. And you're like, oh, I have this tangible thing. Mm -hmm. It could be, well, they edit it and maybe they batch edit or they do this. And they, it's one of those things where if you have that communication you have those touch points where it can be, oh, I now see that they completed this portion of it. They're working on it. There is progress being made. It's, it creates that transparency and it builds that trust instead of being like, okay, well, I sent them this podcast episode three weeks ago. Have they even looked at it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, and it's also having those accountability and checkpoints, I guess, is kind of systems, processes, checkpoints. I'm not sure exactly what that right word is. I'm sure that, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a really important part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It can be done in multiple different ways. So for my team member that I have right now, we meet twice a week for like, we jump on a quick call to talk about status and go over questions and anything that she might have. I give her insight of, okay, here's what happened when I was like face-to-face with the clients this week, things that she needs to know about. But then through the, in between we use ClickUp. So I assign things in ClickUp, she makes comments in ClickUp, I can see when she close out tasks, we can see when different things are being done, I can get that status update without having to jump on a call, or send an email, have like kind of that back and forth conversation. It's those ways of if you use project management tools, you can see status and have that method of communication without it actually having to be we need to talk to each other.
0: Yeah, I think that's Absolutely critical, especially with the virtual hire a in-person a location-based hire. I think it can be a little different and you probably have different processes and, and checkpoints. I think correct me if I'm wrong. Cause I'm not in that space anymore. <laughs> it's been like five years since I had an actual, you know, job job. So
1: yeah, I think with in-person it's a little bit different because of the fact that you can have that quick drive by. You can have those quick conversations. You don't have to pick up the phone to call someone to ask for a status. You could just be like walking by each other in the hallway. But I feel like unless you want to really get into micromanaging, which you probably don't, and hopefully you don't, you still need some of those things where how do you get a status update without having to constantly be like, okay, every two hours we're jumping on a call. You think about like. If you knew a lot of people who are still working corporate office jobs when everything closed down because of the pandemic and everybody went home, there was a lot of people that was like, I can't get my work done because we're constantly on check-in calls throughout the day day because my boss needs to make sure that we're actually getting stuff done. But they're like, how can I get stuff done if we're always on calls about getting stuff done? And so having other methods, some sort of project management or some system or just cadence of how do, you get check, how do you get status updates? Is there stuff where you can self-serve and see it yourself so you don't have to bother them when they're in the middle of working? You don't have to have meetings, but then you still have those regular touch points where you can communicate things back and forth and answer questions and talk about things that are a little harder to pick up by looking at a status update in a project management tool.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. I love it. Another question that in the beginning, I mentioned some questions that came up in my mind about the pandemic. Um, We're kind of like smack in the middle of this pandemic. And I think, I'm not sure, nobody really knows. Uh, We might be in the end of it. We might be in the middle of it. We don't know, but I don't think we're at the end of it. So what's going on right now is this insane need for businesses to to hire employees, but there's also this like insane, like resistance from people to actually work for these companies. So I kind of, because you're in that industry, you're like literally like hiring people all the time and interviewing and all of those things. I really want to get your perspective on that.
1: Yes. One of the things that's going on right now is we're in this period of time. They're calling the great resignation where people are leaving their jobs in, in droves. And unlike most uh, periods where it's people are leaving to go to maybe like a competitor or something like that, or they're just kind of like job hopping and trying to climb the ladder. They're leaving because they've identified that their current job just isn't doing it for them. It's not touching their values. It's not where they really now see their career going and they're they're making big changes. And one of the ways to, to think about this is if you have employees that are leaving because of this, because they're realizing that, Your position no longer does it for them, whether it's, they're not getting the family time that they needed, or they're moving to a new location and their position can't be remote or, you know, whatever it is, or they're saying, I want to make this huge shift in my career. Know that there's really nothing you could have done about that. People, you need to focus on your employees. You need to do what is best for them. They need to make the decisions that are best for them. And it gives you an opportunity to get someone into your company that matches what you need, that matches the career path that you're going to set out there and, and everything. So it's tough, but there's positives about it. it it's going to help it so businesses can be stronger by getting the right people on their team instead of having someone who feels stuck in that position. But the way to do it, the way to navigate this process is you are right, Amanda, like it is tough. People aren't, Like the applications aren't where they used to be, but it's a good thing. It's, and here's why it's a good thing.
0: I'm excited to hear it.
1: (laughs) Before a lot of people would just apply to anything. So let's use the title. Like, um, I know this is a very broad title a lot of times, like account manager, people would be like, okay, well, I've been an account manager. Here's an account manager position. I'm just going to apply. Now they're really looking at that account manager position before they apply. What does it say about the company? Is that a company I really want to work for? Does this account manager position match how I want to work, how I maybe want to interact with clients, the tasks and responsibilities that I want to do. If they're not seeing a match, they're saying no, and they're not applying. Mm -hmm. If they see a match, they're applying. Mm -hmm. And so it's a good thing because you're more likely to get people who are right for your position throughout the hiring process, instead of getting people that aren't right for your position, but are possibly highly talented. And that, and when you get the people that aren't right, but highly talented, you might hire them. And then they're more likely to leave, or they're more likely to have those struggles once they're in the workplace. So now we're in this thing where people, uh, job seekers are being really critical about where they work, who they work for. So they want to find the right match and it gives you the opportunity for you to find the right match, of course you have to be able to put out your position in a way that attracts the right people, that properly communicates the position and who is right for the position. And that is like one thing we do at Growing Your Team. To give an example, like we were just recently working with a, a client out of California that they were having some real struggles filling one of their positions. They were, it was a few months into it. They really weren't finding the right fit and they were just, they were really frustrated because they're like, we can't navigate this current hiring market. Well, we came in, we changed the job posting to be very clear of here, who is right, who is right for this position. Let's talk about what the company culture is and everything. And we were able to fill the position. I think it was in about five weeks it took to fill that position. With some of that time the hiring manager was out on vacation. So there was periods of time in there where things weren't getting done because they weren't there to make decisions, yeah. but we were able to do it really quickly because of the fact that we, we focused on who we needed for the position and talked to that person specifically throughout the hiring process.
0: I love that. And the fact that you mentioned, well, when you mentioned, you know, the job description, it kind of like piqued my interest. Like So it sounds like if you're looking to hire, that is probably the best place to start with making sure that you take your time, that you really detail out everything, including that personality match, right?
1: Yeah. And we're not talking about job descriptions that go on for pages and pages. Like, I once had a client that sent me their job description that they were using. And when it was put into a Word document, it was seven pages long.
0: Oh, my goodness. I was like,
1: oh, oh, God, no one's ever going to read that. Like, our job descriptions are pretty short and concise, but thorough. So we have a quick company overview that's no more than three sentences long, but we make sure that those three sentences are powerful for describing. What the company does, who they serve, and the culture. Then we go into a job overview, which, once again, is typically three sentences long. It's one sentence that does a quick overview of the roles and responsibilities. Like, then the next two sentences describe the person we're looking for. So we use sentences that start with the idea candidate for this position is Mm -hmm. this position is right for you if. So we really paint the picture of that should have them nodding their head to be like, yes, this is me. This is me. You just described me and how I work with clients or how I interact with this or how I do this, how I care about that. Then we go into bulleted points of the roles and responsibilities. I say no more than 20, but if we can get it less than 15, perfect because people aren't going to read a huge list of bullet points, but we want to make sure that we give them an overview of this is what you're going to do day to day. Here's what you're responsible for. And then we do some quick bullets of requirements So if there's things that are really important that they need to have before coming in, like certain education, certain years of experience, letting them know the work hours, stuff like that for the requirements. So what is required of them before they come in and then what is required of them on the job. And then if the company offers benefits, quick bullet points to say, here are the benefits that we offer. It's, it's pretty concise, but it's thorough in that concisiveness.
0: Yeah. That sounds like a great template. And I'm glad that you went over that because I feel like that is one of the biggest challenges that employers have, especially, like you said, smaller employers that are less than 15 people, you know, like that is a huge challenge because it's not our area of expertise to know how to write a job description, you know, like we're an expert in whatever that field is that we're in. And that's why we need someone like you for sure.
1: Right. Yes, yes, we do it. We love writing the job postings to just give a quick uh, example about that. Like we had a client that when we started working together, they're like hiring stresses us out. We never get good people. You know, we can have a job posting. Last time we hired, we had a job posting up for two months. We were putting money behind it and we got zero qualified candidates. When we looked at the job posting, it was about four lines long. It really said nothing about the position, the company, besides just like just very basic stuff the job posting really said like nothing about, you know, who the company was, the position or or anything like that. And, um, and with everything, like we said, this is the problem. Like, this is why you're not getting people. And they, um, they're like, well, we did that on purpose. Like we want to put out this like kind of more vague job posting because we want to be in control who, who we hire and who is the right person for this position and everything like that. And I was like, well, how's that working out for you? And then they thought about it. They're like, well, it's really not like, it's not working out for us. Like we're not getting the right people. And I'm like, see, like you're, it's not working.
0: Yeah. And
1: And it's um, also wasting
0: their time and the people that are applying. Right.
1: Right. And so we changed up the job posting. We made it, we followed that format that I described and within a matter of 48 hours, they got four highly qualified candidates and they're like, Oh my gosh, this really made a difference of like describing who it was that they wanted because their philosophy of everyone will apply. We'll make our decision just didn't work. You need yeah. to be specific. Cause if you talk to no one, no one's going to apply. It's like with marketing, not everyone is your target audience. You have to speak to your target audience specifically.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is, this episode is like so full of all of the nuggets that we need in order to, to hire people. I mean, and to get over our fears that are really just made up in our mind, obviously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, I love it. I know you have a resource for the listeners that can really help us to kind of get this whole process started. So tell us about that.
1: Yes. So I have a checklist that brings you through the eight steps that you need to follow in order to get the right person on your team. So it's called the hiring checklist, how to hire the right team for your growing business. And you can download it at growingyourteam.com slash hiring dash checklist. And like I said, it brings you through the eight steps that you really need to follow in order to find the right person. So it helps you Think about identifying the right team member and then how to go through the hiring process to narrow down the pool of candidates to the person that you need to say yes to and bring that person onto your team.
0: Ooh, I love it. That sounds like crazy valuable. I'm going to go download it now. Um, But if you're listening, the link to that is in the show notes. So you can just click there and grab that. So Thank you so much for being here, Jamie, and sharing all of your amazing knowledge about hiring and delegation and how to overcome our fears. So I truly appreciate you. And I know that anybody listening that is in that hiring process does too.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Amanda.
0: Definitely. Don't forget to join our Facebook group, Mastering Google My Business to increase your revenue. You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash learn GMB and you'll be able to network with other business owners and learn all about the latest and greatest updates to Google My Business. See you there.